podcast world what's up chad back at you another episode this life ain't for everybody i'm excited as heck about this one today remember to keep supporting the partners and sponsors that support us jack daniels brings you another episode of this life ain't for everybody enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking and thank you all so much for the subscriptions the downloads the support of the podcast the tv shows and all of our manufacturing brands we're totally humbled by it and i'm totally humbled to have my guest today one of my mma heroes what really got me into watching mma and is said to be responsible along with guys like randy couture i was started watching mma in like that 2002 2004 time frame chuck liddell my man thank you for being here welcome oh thanks for having me man what's going on man no not a whole lot just uh cruising around you know raising my family uh hanging out trying to get some new stuff going on now but it's been been, been a slow year different kind of year isn't it oh yeah it's a little crazy that's kind of a cool idea to start with right there chuck you you literally might be one of the most popular fan favorite fighters of all time and i know that you're humble and you probably would say well there's a lot of them and i know how connor gets the reaction now and a lot of fighters have but man when you'd come out in those blue shorts and and when you'd get that knockout punch whether it was an overhand right or whatever you would you would hit your signature move of arms back and the cross and then putting your hips out and the, the you just had a huge fan base um what would it be like for you to fight right now? I know that you've been quoted as saying level-headed. You, your heart rate barely went up before a fight. That's how you got the name Iceman. How could you do it now with nobody in the fans, no walkout, just kind of just standing there and getting the bell? Is it always go time? You know, I think it, it just would have been, for me, it would have just been more, all right, we're, we're just going to go. You didn't take the time. I used to actually take a little time to enjoy. <clears throat> I take a little time to enjoy walking out and, uh, Hearing the crowd go crazy. I mean, it, man, it got it got deafening in there at, at that point. At some time, at some point, um, but uh, you know, I, I go out and I, it would be a little weird for some people. I can see people getting caught in in there, like uh, in like almost like that sparring partner syndrome, kind of like you're you're out, almost like it's more of a sparring situation than than a fighting. Um, uh, kind of atmosphere you know yeah it just seems to me like you get the the crowd is a big part of anything you know i got a buddy that's getting ready to ski in the x games next week and a huge part of the x games is that cloud participate that crowd participation that for any athlete baseball i mean we've all gone through it and watched it this year with covid of people trying to compete but i just thought that being a fighter a big part of it is the adrenaline rush and it just seems like it would be hard to get off on some of the on some of your technique if you really don't have that adrenaline rush yeah but it's fighting you know, you're, you are, you have that. I mean, I, I remember it kind of flashed back to the days when we go to, you go, go to another gym and fight some guy at their other gym and see whose gym's better. You know, that kind of like we go to places that, and they put their tough guy and you go out there to fight some guy at some gym and there's a few people around the gym watching, but there's not, there's no fanfare. There's no, you know, I, I did that quite a few times. I got a guy come try to test me at some gym and then it, it, I mean, I, I don't think it made it any different fighting. It is a fight. It's a fight. So like, even if it's a bar fight or you're in, you know, in college and you get in a fight or even back to your high school days, you would, you would, you might've gotten some fights and you still get that adrenaline rush, even though, even if it's a small group of people watching it, it just seems like going from that ultimate level of UFC crowd participation to just standing there with, with the referee and the scorekeepers and the judges, it just seems like it would be real tough to keep yeah, that mental focus. Actually to see some of these guys that are now coming up in their, their only real, 
experience is out in front of no crowd. Like in, in the, at the, at the top level fight with no crowd, when the crowds come back, if the first time they walk out in front of, you know, 14,000 screaming fans, if that, because some people get that little deer in the headlight thing from, from being out in front of that many people live. And I wonder, I'm wondering if there's anybody that's going to get caught up in like, kind of like that, oh man, this is, this is what this is like, you know, like the, the first time they get out there in front of, from a big crowd again. Did you ever get that? I know that you stayed cool, calm, and collective as far as your opponent went. Did you get, is it fair to say that every fighter gets nervous, Chuck Liddell? Is it fair to say that you have to get nervous or you're, you're really not in the fight game if you're not a little bit scared when you're going out there? Well, I don't think you need to be scared. I mean, I was never scared. I love fighting. I love being out there and competing. But if you're not anxious, you're not a little bit excited to get out there. If you're not, you don't have that. And however that manifests itself inside you, if that's a fear or a kind of that, you get that doesn't get your blood pumping, but like, uh, you know, for me, like I, I, I kind of calm down when it, when, when that thing breaks, but when you get out there, I'm excited, man, I'm ready to go. We, I, all that work I put in all that stuff, my, my, my blood pressure. So I'm ready to go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumping. And then and I, I kind of, okay, it's time to go. Let's relax. Boom. Let's go. So does it take that that period right there, that relaxation point after you come down off of that walkout and that, that adrenaline rush, because I, I would think that sticking to your game plan is key in this game, right? And it seems like that adrenaline can easily get you off of your your training camp game plan from the last several months. Oh, right. And a lot of things still can throw you off. But like staying, I, I always thought uh, emotion clouded judgment. So if you get too emotional about Sky and you're trying to, you know, um, I think one of the best examples is Aldo O'Connor. Have you ever seen Aldo run across the ring and just Never. Try, to, try to take someone's head off? He, he feels a guy out, sees how he's moving, does a very calculated fighter, right? Always been very calculated, very, you know, vicious leg kicks, you know, and I, and I actually thought for that fight, you know, I, I was I was a fan of Connor, but I thought, and I'm a fan of Aldo too, and I thought Aldo had a great shot with uh, chopping him down with those leg, uh, with leg kicks if he, get, if he could stay out, stay out of uh, Connor's range for a couple, couple rounds. But, you know, he went right out and ran across, got knocked out. You know, but I think that was, you know, one of those things, I mean, it was emotion, uh, clouded judgment. He was angry. Connor did a great job of doing trash talking before to, to get him upset and out of his game plan. Do you, when you, when you mentioned trash talk, would you have considered yourself a shit talker back in your fight day? Cause guys like Hendo would barely ever say a word. They'd never, ever got that too ever rude or disrespectful to their opponent. Did you ever get that way? Well, I, I never was really. No. I mean, I, I'd say things like, uh, you know, Hey, well, if you, if you think if it's really tough, you'll stand in the, in the center of the ring and, and swing with me and not try to take me down. And I said, you know, trying to talk him into striking with me and trying to put it out of his, his ego to stand up and bang with me. But you know, other than that, I mean, I tried to stay away from, you know, I, saying anything that wasn't true or that I or that really attacking somebody. I, I mean, I know what you had to say for promos and I, and you know, I, these come in, I know what they're looking for. Cause they'll sit there and talk to you for four hours to get you to say a couple one liners that they want to use in a fight. But, and there's things that I, I'm not, you're not going to trick me into saying something. So I'm not, there's things I'm not going to say, but I'll say something, you know, like, and, and then nothing that's not true, but like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick his ass. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm really going to try to take his head off. And I really was, I mean, I was really coming out there trying to hurt you. Um, I, when it's over, I hope you're all right. But when we, when that bell starts, I, I'm really trying to hurt you. 
You said something in there about standing in the middle and throwing with Chuck Liddell. You're in a, a very accomplished and established wrestler and grappler. You are an NCAA wrestler. You have been on the mat a lot. To me, this is a, a foundation of, of MMA mixed martial arts that is needed. The best fighters in the world, in my opinion, in this history of this game have had that background of being able to take somebody down a high crotch, a double leg, a, an ankle pick, whatever it is. They're down on the ground and then you go to ground and pound. Why did it transverse into or transition? into that overhand right and and it kind of did with hendo too but w- why did it do with your career when you're such a good wrestler for me i, I was uh, it was i was able and especially in the beginning that one of the things that made me great was i could i could go between different disciplines i could wrestle i could strike with you i could wrestle with you i could 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 fight anywhere in the in the ring so and i and i was a guy using my wrestling to to allow me to strike rather than using my wrestling to get on top of you and strike. And I felt that I had a better chance of finishing you standing up than I did on the ground. And I wanted to put you away. So I had, and I, you know, I've been doing kick, I did kickboxing for throughout five years before I started doing the UFC. And uh, I was really, uh, you know, it was just kind of lent itself to that. And I, I think near the end of my career, I got away from it too much. Like I was not mixing things in, not, not doing more. I should I actually started, I, I kind of, that my career ended that way but you know i started actually starting to incorporate takedowns and i think i actually i think the in the my last fight i, I think that head i, I got headbutted right when, when i shot did one of my singles um you know, you know i did that that kind of the fat man single or lazy man single and, and got got that headbutt i think and that, i really think that headbutt's the majority what knocked me out in that fight was that against rich franklin yeah yeah, but I mean, it, it, and I mean, it was. I just started incorporating more of my wrestling back into my game because I think what I I gotten away from was mixing it up. I just came out and became a, you know, one trick pony. I was coming out just to strike, you know, and stop you from taking me down. And uh, I think for me, what originally made me great itself was I was good at mixing the two together. You know, mixing things between wrestling and striking. At what time in your life did you know you had knockout power? Was it early in high school? Did you know, did you just have hands that you could put somebody on the floor and unconscious? Yeah. I I mean, I was knocking people out for a long time. I used to use elbows a lot and knock people out with elbows a lot. Um, but even when I started kickboxing, I think, I think I really came into it. Like as I started kickboxing with John, John thought I was one of those guys going to beat you to death, hit you like three or four punches and knock you out. And, um, you know, when he first started working with me and about, you know, I don't know about, Six months, a year in, I started just one punch knocking out people, and um, and and that was like, you know, I, you know it was just uh, kind of a progression of learning and learning how to use my use my skills and learning how to timing and and uh, and just learning how to put that power behind it and release it on and catch people with it. You had a correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck, but you had a very successful kickboxing career before your UFC or pride or mixed martial arts career takes yeah, off. Yeah. How are you winning these fights? Are you, are you kicking people to the ground or are you punching them out? I was, it was about, about eight. I had 16 knockouts in, in, um, 22 bouts. And I, it was, uh, they were, um, say I had eight, eight kick knockouts and, uh, eight, eight punch knockouts. So, Wow! Did you one, have- one of the well, actually one of the punches should have been a kick knockout because I dropped him with a kick and he started it back up. I came out of my hand with a jab and the referee stopped it because he was, he still wasn't there. He gave him a standing eight. There. Did you how did you have uh, any kick knockouts in the UFC? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, remember Babalu? Oh yeah, Babalu. Right through, right to the temple. Yeah, yeah. And that one actually, we planned that one. It was, it was from watching films, and uh, John was like, "Hey, when you when you come in, he he, he pulls his head back and goes, this and shoots." And I'm like, "Oh, perfect." You know, yeah, I, I I catch, I'll just catch it with that kick coming up. Yeah, we 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 planned for that one in that fight. It was pre- it was pretty good. Did you did you plan for um, the reaction that you got when you started coming into the UFC and that you were kind of be, you you kind of, you went over to Japan? Correct me if I'm wrong. And you represented the UFC in Pride, right? What does that mean to represent the UFC? Would did each of the sanctions have a fighter in that in that tournament? Here's what happened. What well, the first time I went over there was against Guy Metzger. I knocked out Randleman in like. A minute 18. And after the fight, they're like, hey, um, we can we have him? We need to get another guy for pride against Guy Metzger. And I was about to negotiate my contract for the so basically I went to a three uh, a three-way negotiation with uh with the UFC pride and, and my lawyer. Um the three-way negotiation with, uh, I had a two-tier contract like for, with the UFC, but I was still under contract with the UFC, but they were going to allow me to go over and fight for for Pride for one fight. And this this Metzger fight is not supposed to happen the way it did, right? You like literally went in there and dismantled this guy and like to the surprise of a lot of people, like were you surprised at what happened? I know that you know your skills, but come on, you just, de- you destroy this guy pretty quick, right? Oh no! I, he, he it was a uh, it was second. I knocked him out pretty quick in the second round. Second round, okay. And the first round was really close. I mean, it could have gone either way. He, he's a great, he's a good kickboxer, tough guy. And I, you know, it's one of those things. He, I was, I was really happy. If you want to sit, sit there and bang with me, I sit there and bang with you. So I, out there banging with them, and you know, not. But he, he was, uh, you know, I set him up real good and caught him with that, caught him with that, with the right through the middle and. He, he, I mean, he, he didn't move for a while. I, I actually got a little nervous with that one. One of, the, one, one, one of the few knockouts I've had where he, okay, wait, he hasn't moved yet. Um, is he all right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but he was fine. Everything's fine. I still talk to him every once in a while. He's a good dude. Do you, do you think that when you get into, in, in that part of, uh, you know, thinking about the fight game, talk, take me back to like, where where you're sitting right now, and I know that you're like in your early fifties now, right? And you, I know that you stay in good shape, but what is the difference in of good shape and fight shape? And I know that training cram- camps are strenuous, but did you were you one of those guys that your training camp you pushed yourself to the point to where you went into every fight in the in the top physical shape that you knew you had to be in? Um, yeah, short of a couple fights, I messed up my weight cut a little bit. You know, like that. Yeah, I mean, in extenuating circumstances, it was like a change of dates and all that stuff. So it screwed me up a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I always, I, I try. That was one of the biggest things I, I tried to do is make sure I showed up in shape and ready to go for every fight I was in. And is this something that that you accredit yourself with your wrestling background, or did it start earlier than that? When you, I know that you were raised by a single mom and a grandpa. Did did you have this work ethic instilled in you from a, a young age, or where did you have a very disciplined childhood coming up? Yeah, I mean the work work ethic. I mean, I think was was just was was taught from a young age. I mean, I went out and, and I was just taught you had you got to do your best, but always do your best. That meant practice. That meant. Anytime you're doing anything, it's, it was a competition to me. I mean, I was, uh, I was always, 
was one of those guys like when I first started wrestling, like a coach come on the mat, so like, like arguing some some calm, like get off the mat, he's tired, get off, get off. like I got him, let me go, let's go, I've got him. And I was just because I was always in shape. And that's uh, you know, but it's uh it, yeah, that, that was just one of the things I always always thought was very important. You don't wanna be I mean, the, the worst feeling in the world is get out there and be tired. So how does that parlay into your life now? You've had several movie roles, TV roles as the Iceman, as Chuck Liddell, as characters. Um, are you staying in shape for an acting career? Are you a big time health nut at this point of your life? I know you want to live a fulfilled life. You have kids and a wife and a family. How does your mentality sit on that now? Do you do you take days off? Do you make excuses not to go to the gym now? Or how is it? You know, you know uh, I, I actually started doing that for a little bit after I had, I had to have a surgery on my neck and my surgery on my knee. Just, and wear and tear. Not, nothing. I mean, there was pretty much with the life I lived, it was going to happen sooner or later, right? Um, but, and I had some time off and, you know, you can't do what you want to do. And you start making excuses for yourself. And, you know, um, you know, I finally, thank God, decided to um, start uh, make, make make a change and 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 not do that anymore. And I'm I'm getting back in shape. I'm, I feel feel a lot better. I feel a lot better, and things are, you know. And, I, and plus, now and the other thing too, I wasn't working, so I didn't have I don't have a movie coming out because it's usually easier to get in shape when you got something. I got a movie coming out. We gotta be ready. You know, I got I got this coming up. I gotta be ready for that. But we don't have anything. You don't have a. Uh, it's you know, and I did you know, resting on the fact that hey, I was a world champion. I did this. I, I see. Look here. Let me show you a picture. This is me. <laughs> you know, um, but then I, I thought about it too. Like I got my, I got my, I got my, I'm raising my kids, and and they need they need to see the guy that became champion, not 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 a guy who's resting on what he did in the past. How is it? How hard was it though, Chuck? To face reality that it was over because when you're a competitor and I've heard you quoted as saying, Hey, it's hard to quit when this is all you do. This is all you've ever done. And, and being an athlete is even harder. And you see a lot of fighters come back. You even came back in 2018, not sure what that was about. We'll get into that, but how hard was it mentally for you to accept the fact that you weren't going to be competing against the top fighters in the world anymore? Well, I mean, I don't know that that you're not, you know, it's kind of like one of those things that it's not that you're not competing anymore. It's just not fighting. I mean, but you know, it's like, you don't have that goal, like guiding. Like for me, I just don't have that goal controlling me and guiding me. You know, it was always like, it was my reason not to do this bad thing or, or to stay in shape or to work out instead of go do this, uh, work out instead of go eat a pizza. You know, like it was always, my reason was I want to be world champion. I want to, I want to compete at this level. I want to compete that now for the first time in my life that I can remember, I don't have something up there to control that. I got a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things, but I don't have to do any of them, you know? So part of that, part of that makes it real, you know, it makes put you in a weird spot. And I, I've talked to a lot of athletes that have the same kind of feeling like, and it's, it's like being world champion. I mean, it, it's great and it's great and all, but like how long does that last? You know, as far as we're, we're people that are, are people that get to be world champion or get to that level are, are goal oriented people. They're people that are used to working for something, getting something, making progress. Right. Um, and and that's what makes you happy. Like that, that getting there and the, the process of getting there and get the progress and get, improving and getting better at this, getting better at that, doing these different things. 
not the actual that not the actual getting there. The, I mean, shoot, I got you know, want to find my belts. I got all four. I've, I was cleaning out the closet. I found all four of them in the bottom of my, of my closet. You know, so I mean, it's uh, it's one it's one of those things. It's like that that was you know it's cool and I'm I'm and I'm proud of it and I'm glad I did it and you know uh, and I'm I'm happy about it. And I, you know, actually, actually, after I had the surgeries, my wife asked me, "Man, was it was it was it all worth it?" I'm like. Um, yeah, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. You know, I'm, I would have done it again. I, it's, 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 it, it was, a, it was a great ride, but, but it, you know, it's it, that's not the end all. You know what I mean? Well, you talk about a great ride. It's one of the most storied and historic MMA careers of all time, to the point to where I think that you got you your class and especially you and the Couture's and the Hendo. Um, you guys are responsible for what's going on. I mean, did you ever sit back and think about, I know that there was trailblazers before you. I know, I know that there, there, there was the Brazilians that came up and did what they did all the way back to the early days of the UFC. And then it was outlawed for a while. But when Gracie was doing his thing and you had Dan Severn doing his thing that from wrestling at ASU and, and all of those fighters at the time, it still never gained popularity, Chuck Liddell until you guys started doing what you were doing. I know that that is hard to, you know, hear for you and be and have you go, yeah, man, you're right. You're 100% right because you're a humble man. But that's the truth, man. I started getting pay-per-view every month because of Chuck Liddell. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm proud of that. I mean, I'm happy. I, I, I love this sport, and I, I think I, I'm glad, glad I brought it to a lot more people. And if nothing else, and, and also I think one of the greatest things that UFC did was, was uh, force martial arts to evolve again. So I, I was, I, I've seen so many styles stuck in like, Oh, we, we gotta be traditional. We gotta be, you know, and there's, there's, there's stuff to tradition and traditional styles and stuff, but you, you, they shown this, this, this may force them to evolve again and, and, and make, make improvements on, on their style. So if you had it all over to do again with your wrestling career, your karate career, your Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt, your hands, your knockout power, what would you concentrate on right now in the game to compete today? If you were you watch these fighters from the outside looking in now, would you keep the same style that you had in your career? It, it, would, it would definitely be similar. I mean, but I think I would have, like I was saying, I was getting back to, I think I, I got away from just um, using a little bit of everything. And, and mixing it up. I mean, I think one of the things now, I think any it's, it's, you got people are getting better and better at mixing it up and being, making it transitions from, from different uh, elements to different elements, you know? So I, th I think that you have, you have to just continue to do what we were trying to do back then. And I think that a lot of the guys that did really well that you mentioned, all those guys were, were working on getting better at everything. You know, the, I think the guys that, when I started, when, let's go back. When I started, you know, we were doing, you, you came in, everyone was coming in with one thing and having to learn two. So you had basically wrestling, jujitsu, and striking, right? Everybody was coming in with one of those and had to learn two. One of the advantages I had was I was coming in with two and had to learn one. So I needed, I just needed to learn the jujitsu side of it, which I, I thought for me, I, I took the time to, to, to really get really good at the escaping staying out of submissions and, and, and a, a few other, other things. So I didn't have to learn it all at once, you know, so I, I concentrated on all that stuff for the most part. So, so it gave me a big advantage back then, but now, you know, everyone's coming in as, as mixed martial artists. And I think the people like Randy and uh, you know, that, that evolved, they evolved with, with, with the sport. But like, I remember going in a corner and I love Coleman. I love, 
uh, random and they're good dudes. But I went, went in the back and they're asked, you know, I, I tried and they asked me, um, you know, they're asking me, hey man, uh, you know, can you show me how to, how to, how to defend a heel hook? And, you know, they've been in the game for a long time. And I said, sure, no problem. I go, okay, now put me in a heel hook. And they looked at me like I just asked them to do some, some, you know, some uh, calculus, you know, they're like, uh, uh, like, I'm like, um, you don't know how to do, how am I supposed to show you how to, how to defend it if you don't even know how to do it? Yeah. And as long as they've been in the sport, they should have known how to do one at least. You know, it's 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 one of those things for me. Like they they weren't evolving with the sport. They're trying to prove. They, you know, they, and I get it. They were trying to wrestling's it. Wrestling's the best. Where I'm gonna be with wrestling. But you know, the sport the sport evolved. With with your mental um, outlook on life, Chuck Liddell, and your focus and your career, is it hard for you to talk about the losses, or is it just as easy because you know that's part of the fight game? I mean, it's just as easy. I mean, I, I, it's part of the game. I mean, I, 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 I can look back and tell you what I think I did wrong. And usually after each loss, I, I was like, like, I was like, man, I wish I hadn't done this. I, I could have done this better. I, I, I was right away thought, oh, give me another shot at it. I can beat this guy. You know, it was, it was never like, oh, you know, that I got destroyed. You know, like I, I don't, I don't feel I ever did. I mean, I, I think I, I think most of the fights I was winning went until I, until I got caught. Okay, I want to ask you about one specifically that rocked my world. I, I I'm a huge fight fan, and one of my, you know, one of some of my worst memories is when Mike Tyson got beat by Buster Douglas. Like it was a huge, a huge like, um, you know, just overload of like on me right i was just like wow man like he was the guy right like mike tyson was the guy to watch and when he got beat you're like there's just no way you just didn't want to accept it and it was just like a punch in the gut and that night when rashad evans did it to, when he knocked you out it was the same feeling that i had of like no this isn't happening did you underestimate rashad evans or what happened with that with that fight i mean i i looking back i was doing uh i i had I did some very predictable things. I, at that point, I was just just striking with people, and and I would, and I had a tendency that that overhand right people catch me with that training. Like I had a buddy catch me with it all, but it, it wouldn't hurt me enough. And it, and he just, I mean, I was winning that fight. I won. I won. Thought I won. I was winning up to that point, and he just he just timed it really well and caught. And he throws it really hard. He throws that that overhand really really hard. I mean, he caught me. I mean, there's, there's nothing. I think I, I think if I had another shot to fight him, another time to fight him, I, I would beat him. I think if I had mixed and I, you know, I, I, if I had mixed it up like I should have too, like I got away from mixing stuff up. Like, like, like I can't let people not worry about me taking him down. If I, I need to, I should, if I got a shot on right away, I think he would have never got that timing right. But he could comfortably get that timing and he got, and he got it. I mean, I was. You know, he, he, I was not not uh, not making enough changes uh, and. Just not, not keeping people confused. That's one of the things I should have been doing. But, but you know, he, he's a, he's a great fighter, and he 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 had that over, and he did well. And I mean, he and he he timed it well and, and caught me. It just is what it is. Do you do you like the state of the business right now? The business of the fight, the fight game, the fight business, or are you glad that you got to wear? the shorts you got to wear and the logos you got to wear. Do you like the Reebok deal? Did you like it better when it was the tap out shorts and you had all the guys? It's really hard for me to, to comment on that because I wasn't, I haven't been involved in that side of it for, for that long. And I, I haven't 
seeing the other side of it. I didn't even know when they were paying, when they started paying, having to pay to be on the shorts, like pay the UFC to, to even advertise on your shorts. I was kind of uh, grandfathered in coming into that. So I didn't have to deal with that. Um, they, so I, I it, it's, it's hard for me to talk on it. I mean, I, I mean, the amount they were making from Reebok for the, for the, for the fighters is, I mean, for me at least would have been, I would have taken a big hit on my sponsorship for the fights, you know? And I think, and I, and I really think when I was coming up, it it was, it was one of those things like you were able to get some sponsors that would sponsor you just to be good guys or just so they could have thing on your shorts. It's not going to really do anything for them, but they do it. They were, but the little guys that would give you, you know, they give you two grand here, three grand, five grand, so you can help pay for your your your, your fight camp, you know. But but uh, but you know, it, it's part of, part of growing, I guess. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know the whole business side of it, but uh, you know, they they, they did it, uh, you know. So, do you like the fact that the UFC was valued at what it was based on the talent? that was out there and the guys that were really selling, you know, putting asses in the seats and the pay-per-views you have a, you have a, 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 a double-edged sword here. You can look at it with Dana and the Fertitas and they're like, we're giving you the ultimate platform to fight on. You're getting sponsors, you're getting televised, you're getting pay-per-views, you're getting a cut or whatever you are. And at the same time, the fighters could be like, yeah, but the value y'all are getting is, is huge based on our talents. How, how does a fighter look at that? Well, see, you go back to me. I, I mean, I, I come from the old school. They're, they're coming in now and looking at the business, business model now. I'm looking at. I, I fought for SCG. I fought for before the Fertitas. I bought it. Um, that was a whole different animal. Like, I mean, I think at that point, like, if you made, if you had three fights that totaled 150 grand, um, for the year, that would have been a great year. I mean, shoot, they offered me my first, the first contract they offered me was one and a three fight deal for one and one, two and two, three and three. I'm like, how am I supposed to sign a deal for, if I win every fight, I'm going to make 12000 what was it, $12,000 or something for, for one year? That was, that was the old, old, the old owners. So how am I supposed to sign that as an exclusive three fight deal when I'm, when I'm, when I'm coming up? You know, it would just make any sense. But that, and that's, that's what we would, we'd probably still be fighting for that. If, if the, if the Fertitas hadn't come in and made this sport what it was, you know, they, they came in and put the money behind it to promote it. And, you know, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, the sport and the fighters made it what, what it is. That's, that's what the sport is, that, the, the sport that's behind it. But, uh, you know, and, and I think the, 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 what do you call it? The, having the, and on the show, the having the show, the Ultimate Fighter is what really launched it. Um, after you know, after they they got they got it sanctioned by the commissions, and they got they got stuff going, and then what really catapulted it into today was was Ultimate Fighter, which is a whole other issue. Now, with with you going into the UFC Hall of Fame, I think in two thousand nine or two thousand ten um, at the Fan Expo. It, um, I think it was UFC 100. Um, does that keep a strong, are you a full-time employee of the UFC still? I know you went and fought for Golden Boy. You fought in a Golden Boy promotion with Oscar De La Hoya. I haven't worked for them for a while. You haven't. You're, you don't work with, do you, are you, are you, is there still a, a good standing relationship with you in the UFC? Yeah, I, I still have a good relationship with the UFC. You do. Do you go to the events anymore? I mean, before, obviously before COVID. 
before COVID, I was going quite a bit. Um, uh, I haven't yet since COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm probably gonna try to catch one at some point, but uh, just haven't worked out with all the stuff going on. I didn't want to bother them too. You know, it's like if you've got to squeeze people in for a fight. I mean, it's they have very limited numbers, so I, I don't want to bother. Didn't want to bother them. How hard is it still today to walk around? You got the you got the haircut that has been like your signature for a long time. You're still pro- you're probably one of the most five recognizable fighters in the history of the fight game. Um, you can pick Chuck Liddell out from a mile away. Is it crazy? I walked through I walked through the Hard Rock with Hendo one time, Chuck in Vegas, and you would have thought Jesus was part in the seas. I mean, it was unbelievable. And Hendo stopped and signed every napkin and took every selfie and did his deal. Is it still like that for you? Yeah, it will just depends on where you're at. You know, it depends on the, your, their, your environment, what, what what event you're at, or where you're at. You know, it just you know, I've I've had been I've been places where they you know they call up their neighbors and they, they come they come down and they drive down to the place I'm had to get my you know, I was I just got gas coming back from Mammoth and someone called they they got there before I left they they just they, their brother called them and said I was there he drove like drove from around somewhere down around the corner to come and brought him and his family came running out it was the cutest thing one of the little girl came out boxing with me. <laughs> I was like, she was, she was like, I think she was probably six or seven came out throwing punches at me. It was, it was, it was cool. It was fun. But I, you know, they, they just got a phone call. Hey, was, yeah, I tried to it. They were so stoked to catch up to me. I was leaving, but I'm like, I got out of the car. I'm like, okay. Does it still humble you to have that, to know that people think that of you? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it, man. You know, people like some, I, we have times when fans get out, you know, forget time and a place. You know, but for the most part, fans are so gracious and and so great. And then you just see someone so excited to see. You. I mean, I, I it's kind of okay. But I don't know why why I may, why this is making a day, but if it makes you this happy, it's it makes me happy. I think it's pretty freaking cool, man, that this that this fight game put that, you know, that it took you to that level. You took the fight game to that level. You talk about a little girl running across the parking lot at a conven- at a gas station to, to shadow box with the Iceman. What if your kids want to get in the fight game? Do you support it? I know you're going to support your kids, but with your neck operation, your knee operations, the wear and tear, the knockouts, does it matter or do you support a fight career with your own kids? I support it. I mean, if that's what they want to do, I'm not going to push them into it. I'm going to put, I push them to learn and learn how to fight. Uh, I think it's a great skill to have. It's just the discipline, the martial arts side of it, and just great, great uh, way to knowledge to have. But uh, unless they really love fighting and that's what they really want to do, I don't want to push them to it. I mean, that's just not, if that they decide to, great. I'll be happy to happy to help. I'm, I'm I'll be happy to help out. I'm gonna find my head coach. I drive. I'll lose my mind being being my kids' coach. But I like to I like to be be a fan and be be dad. So but for any of their sports, I really like being there. Just being a big fan. So what um what are your what's the biggest memory? This historic career and 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 literally trailblazing the sport. What is your biggest, I mean, there's so many big fights on this, on, on this catalog that you have. Is it the Couture? Is it, is it Vanderlei? Is it the ax murder? A bunch of times. I, you know, I, I try to, to go through it and, and I don't know what, what the best moment of, I mean, if, if you put a gun to my head and I have to decide one, I mean, it would be the, the second fight with Randy knocking him out. Cause I, you know, I, 
I finally got the title. It was right after the big hoopla of the show and everything's everyone's going crazy and everything's kind of going crazy and, and a huge sellout, you know, and, and, and we, uh, I went out and, and I knocked him out the way I thought I should. And, uh, and, and I got the title I've been after for so long. So, you know, for me, that was, that was a huge moment. So, I mean, if, if I had to pick one, you know, but I, you know, some of the, some of the, some really great, great moments, you know, great, great times. It was a, had a lot of fun, you know, promoting the sport across the country, you know, trying to going everywhere, trying to, trying to get this off the ground and, and it was fun. This a couple things come out of that fight. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck, but this is your second fight with Couture, and you guys are coaches on season one of the Ultimate Fighter, correct? So th- this is spawned with a rematch where in the first fight, if I remember right, Couture gets you on ground and pound, right? And, the, and it's a stoppage, a TKO. And then out of out of the Ultimate Fighter season one comes the rematch of Liddell Couture two, where you defend you def- <clears throat> you you. You defend the rematch. You don't defend it, but you 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 get the rematch and you get the win in the second fight. But then there's the Stefan Bonner, Forrest Griffin, the fight that that was a week before. That was a week before, and that was one of the biggest fights, right? Yeah, and the way, uh, you know, and at the time I had a uh, I had a bonus, a pay per view bonus at the time, and and it, it and that was the first time that after that fight it was the first time it ever kicked in, you know, because it was a minimum buy thing. So it was it was a it was a great fight. And how much do you accredit that fight, that time period right there? Because that five round war with the, was it three or five between those two? Three. I think it was just three. Because back then they weren't, unless it was a title fight, it wasn't five. How much do you accredit that with what you were doing at the time, what you just did with Randy, your guys is, you know, your popularity with that show, you're, fa- you're becoming famous. And then all of a sudden you get these two kids in there that just, that just mix it up like a fight's supposed to be. Yeah, and you know, because it's it's one of those things. I th- I think with what the show did and everything, and without that big fight, it would have been it would it would but but that big fight and that that the culmination being a, an epic fight like that, a back and forth showing all the elements and showing those guys, um, I, you couldn't ask for a better send off to the first first uh, free uh, MMA fight on TV. You know, it's like it it was. You know, or, or, or event on TV. So. You're in the corner, right? Because you're a coach, so you're at. Are you? You're you're octagon side, right? Well, I, actually, uh, no, we we didn't corner. I was octagon side, yes, but we weren't cornering them for that one because they can't. They got their own. Co- they had their own coaches co- corner them for the for that fight. They had their own coach. What what was the energy like? Because you're getting ready for a fight, so I'm, you're not party mode right now. You're you're disciplined because you got to fight a week later against Randy Couture, right? Yeah, yeah, I have, I was fight next week, the next week. So basically, just in Vegas, ain't got in Vegas today early. Um, so yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, but it was crazy. I mean, it was, uh, it was a wild energy. I mean, it, it, it was, uh, it was, it was loud, it was, and it was great. I mean, everyone, everyone's excited. It was just going back and forth, and I like both guys, you know. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was just great to see that that happen that way. Give me some answer, maybe a couple quick answers of who would you like to fight on today's offering at the UFC? Is there an is there an eighty five, a two hundred five? Is there a heavyweight? Would you want to fight John Jones, even though his career has been very weird? Did he need to do what he did? Why didn't he stay disciplined? He's so talented. He's unorthodox. He's got you know three sixty elbows. He's very unorthodox as a fighter. He's a wrestler. He can kick. 
Would you like to fight John Jones? Is there somebody that stands out that you would want to fight? I mean, if you're going to ask me, that's the one I would have wanted to fight in my prime. Really? I mean, I just think I would be difficult for him because he wouldn't be able to, he wouldn't be able to control where the fight was fought, which he's been able to do in most of his fights. I, because I, I mean, he can't. He's not a better wrestler than me. Um, he's definitely not a better striker than me. He, I mean, he can try to outpoint me. I'm longer than he thinks I am. You know, I'm not. I don't. I have a long reach, um, so I think I would have surprised him. I think he wouldn't expect me to hit him, and I would have caught him, and we would test him. I mean, he's a tough. I mean, I, I I think he's a tough guy. I mean, I think he's a great fighter. I, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say anything bad about him. I, I just I, I think he's a great fighter, but and I wouldn't want to fight the best of him. So, um, but I, but. You asked me, I, I think I would have caught him, but we'll see. We would have seen. I mean, I will never see it. I mean, that's why I hate the hypothetical, hypothetical thing. But you know, I, I think I, I think I would have been a bad match for him. You know, Styles make fights. I would have been a, the, the bad matchup for him at our weight. Yeah, because I mean, he hasn't had many bad matchups, right? Maybe Gustafson part one, he he was getting rocked in this last fight. That kid out of Hendo's camp gave him a run, I think a five round run too. But his only loss, correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck was a was a disqualification for elbows on the ground to Matt Hamill, right? Yeah, yeah, but and I and I think uh, you know the fight that gave him the, the most trouble uh, that, that that fight, uh, yeah, the guy's not a wrestler. You know, he's not a wrestler. John Jones isn't or Matt Ham. Oh, you're talking about Alexander Gustafson. Gustafson. He's not a wrestler, but he took him down with that, that, high, that high double. It was funny. Yeah. If you, if you, uh, I've heard. I was really not expecting it. I mean, I think it happened to me against, uh, I got, I got taken down uh, when, I, when I fought uh, Vitor. I just I came out there all happy to just go bang. And all of a sudden he shot a double. I went, whoa, wait, what? What? <laughs> Oops! Like I, I just I was wasn't wasn't expecting it at all. He got that first dig down. He, um, who was it? it Vitor, you beat beat Vitor in that fight, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I beat him. I, I, I was like, I was just shocked. Wow. And he shot, and he shot on me, and I took me, and he took me down because I, I was just wasn't right. I was absolutely not planning on having to sprawl at all. Is is the is the spider silver? Spider Silva head kick to Vitor, one of the best head kicks you can remember in the history of the game. Uh, that, that's a pretty bad one. Yeah, that, that's pretty. That was pretty good. I mean, that, he just caught him perfect. But here's my question, Chuck Liddell: Is you've been on Twitter, you've been—I I don't remember where I read it—but you're a fan of Conor McGregor. You're a fan of a guy that literally talks like genius smack talk, like. Are you a fan of that? Do you respect his mental side of the game to get fighters out of their element and out of their comfort zone? I think he goes a little far, but you know, but I get it. I understand it. I, I mean, he, because he, he is actually working on you mentally. Like if, if it was just blatant, like craziness talk, it's kind of funny. Like, um, and you, know, you got a couple guys to do that. It's just kind of what they say. You kind of more laughable than anything, but, but he's, he's actually, he's always kind of working on you. And which is which is brilliant, but and, and and hey, he brings in the fans that don't. He brings in the those fans that that that, that make more money for the for the sport. You know, the fans of the casual fans, the people that haven't watched it. He'll bring those in because he's he's got that bigger personality. So I get it, but it's it's just not my it's not it's not my style. And I think sometimes those guys take a little bit far. You know, I mean, there's 
some kind of, I think there should be some kind of unwritten rule between the guys, how far you can take certain, certain kind of things. Two more Connor questions before I get off of him. What was your feeling? I like, I, I, just, I like the, he fights the way he talks though. He, he, he runs across the ring with reckless abandon. Like he'll, 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 uh, he'll come across and, and attack you and, and, and fight. So, What were your thoughts on the fight with Mayweather? Was it real? Was it a legit deal? And no, I'm gonna have to say I had I had to watch it when I was in Peru doing a show. So we were watching on satellite TV, and I missed most of it because it was going in and out of satellite. Um, but you know, I saw the first couple rounds, and he looked like he was doing fine. I mean, hey, for a guy that's never boxed before, I thought he did great. Now, now I don't know if it was I don't know if they had had some deal to not not knock him out or whatever. But I I would I would say. It could happen that way easily because because Mayweather's one of those guys. He's not going to give you he's not he's not going to give you a chance to knock him out. He's not going to give you a chance to make that that mistake that you got one chance you could catch him that the lucky punch or whatever. It's just not going to um, he's not going to give you that shot. Yeah, he's, he's one of the he's arguably one of the best defensive boxers of all time, and and you got a guy that's never really actually just boxed because I've gone in it's. It's different when you kickbox, when you box, when you do MMA, you're striking everything distance and timing changes a little bit and everything changes a little bit. So it's, it's not, it's different. And we're talking about a guy, guy that's, you know, 50 and 0, you know, then you have a guy that is zero and zero really. And in, in that, in that sport, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. Do you, I, 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 but I thought he did well, and, and I am mad at him. It make, make that kind of money for that. Why, why, why wouldn't he do it? Big money. He's he's doing it right. I mean, his even his 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 whiskey's doing well. This proper twelve stuff. I mean, are you a drinker at all, Chuck? Do you drink after after uh, your career? Do you like to get down on a party night once in a while? Do you and your wife share a bottle of red wine? Living in the Santa Barbara region of the country, and there's a wine there's a wine region in that pretty close to you. Yeah, we drink some. We drink every once in a while. Yeah, and not, not as much as I used to, but uh, you know, um, yeah, we will hear that. If you, if what do you look forward to eating wise? Are you a huge sushi nut? Do you love barbecue? Are you a deer eater? What do you like? Hey man, yeah, I, you hit both of my. I, I I like barbecue and I, I like sushi. I mean, I do. I do like. Uh, um. Uh, cheese grits. I like uh, a lot. I like I like, I like bar, bar, beef ribs, beef back ribs. I just I just got to smoke a Traeger smoker. <laughs> I just got one of the big the, the thirteen hundred, the big one, Timberland. Just got a big one. I just uh, just started work. Did, did a bunch of baby back ribs the other day. So incredible, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really good. And I, I'm gonna try it now. I'm gonna try out a brisket. I don't know. I, I've never been. I've never been good at brisket, but we'll see. We'll see how it works in this Traeger. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, get, I just sent Hendo a, um, a, a prime rib. I'm going to send you a brisket out of this little company that I have, uh, in the beef market. I'm going to send you some steaks and some, uh, some briskets. So you can try it out on. Did you, do, do you work with Traeger on that? Or did you just go buy it or did you see Hendo doing it all the time? Uh, well, I was, so Hendo, I was actually out at, um, Adam ranch at E3 ranch. Oh yeah. Out there with those guys. And I was, uh, I was out there and, uh, they, they kept coming. I come out there for a couple of different events. Uh, they did with some military guys. And uh, I came out there and I'm like, man, they keep, they kept doing all this stuff. I, and, oh, man, it's a smoker. It's a Traeger. It's a Traeger. So I'm okay. I got it. 
uh, I'm going to try one of those out. So I got one. Man, they're they're awesome. That Timberline 1300 is, it's got the cubic inches to put a lot of food, a lot of meat on there, vegetables, whatever you want to do. Are you a guy that watches your cal- your calories? Do you watch your carb intake? It, 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 you know, me and you are both in midlife now. Do you, do you pay a lot of attention to it or do you work out enough you eat whatever you want? Uh, I, I pay I pay attention to my carb, carbs for now. Nowadays, uh, I, get, I get I mean a little more than I used to. I used to be able to off season. I I had my diet for training camp, but during off season, I could I could eat whatever I wanted because I worked out enough. But uh, you know, get get a little older, so I, I got to want to keep my weight down. I have to keep keep an eye on it. Are you, does vanity play a role when you're used to seeing yourself as a wrestler and a professional MMA champion, the way that you look when you're in tip top shape, is vanity sneak in on you a guy like Chuck Liddell to where you want to look good in the mirror or is it all about the heart and just being healthy and conscious of, you know, your, your heart health? It's more about healthy and then I'll, I'll put it as business too. You know, if you got, if you're doing, I mean, you're doing a, if I'm doing a show or promote something for, for fitness and, you know, and I, but I also want to show my kids it's, it's important to stay fit and stay in shape and, and be healthy. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of reasons to stay in, in, in good shape. And, and it, it just, uh, I mean, it's one of those things you gotta keep moving when you get over it. If you stop moving, you know, you're going to die. So gotta keep moving around and keep moving. Chuck, what was your number one go-to song when you were either rolling in training camp, not walkout song, but what was your number one go-to getting after it, whether it was weightlifting, wrestling practice, what, what'd you have in your headphones? You know, I always had a mix is why people like that. I had a few, few different things. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I liked, you know, one of the ones I liked was if I can't do it, uh, the one, by, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't even the name of the song, but if I can't do it, nobody can. The one uh, 50 cent. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, cowboy me actually was a, fired me up always. Um, uh, and I don't know, man, a lot of different, I go from different country to, uh, uh, Lars and the Bastards. And I had a song, a couple of songs, a couple of other songs I really liked. Um, man, I'm trying being, to- being, being the age that you are and from the part of the country that you're from, you had to be a Guns N' Roses fan, right? Sunset Boulevard, L.A., the mid the mid to late 80s. I mean, you had to be a little Axl Rose fan, huh? Yeah, Guns N' Roses is always good. Yeah, that was always, that was always on there. It's always something. I was at one of the commission guys who used to say uh, he loved working my corner because when, he, when he'd be out in the back room and he never knew what, what song was going to come out next on my speaker. So I go from Slayer to, to Social Distortion to, you know, to... Hank Jr. Rap to Hank Jr. I mean, yeah, to every, everything. It just had everything. That's the. I, I, that's exactly how I am. I just think that music is all about mood, and it, whatever mood I was in, I would, you know, if it was Metallica on, I'd probably be weightlifting. If it was country music, I'd probably be sitting around a campfire with a cold beer, whatever, you know. Just there's a music for everything. I just was wondering what the Iceman would train to, because I could see you like if you were fighting today, you'd probably have some Slipknot going on and some heavy percussion and just getting that heart rate up a little bit and elevated. And I, I there's there there's some songs that I would pick if you if you do want a cold beer do you like the bud light do you like the coors light or are you more of a of a uh one of these custom beers these craft brews 
Wait, uh, am I, is, this, is this a trick question? Am I, am I, am I on the <laughs> You're on the hot seat, but no, there's nothing here. I don't, unless you're sponsored by a beer company. No, uh, I mean, I actually, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I just go with whatever, whatever you got. I go to, I'm, I'm pretty easy going. I mean, I, I actually really, you know, what I really like down when I was down in Mexico was Modelo. I don't know, I, I think it tastes different down there, but. No, it was good down there because well, that's the UFC doing out there doing their thing. But but that was, that was a good one, and uh, I don't know. But I, you know, yeah, Bud Light, Coors Light, eh, it's all about the same to me. Do you do you think that what do you want to be known as, Chuck Liddell? I know you are. I know you want to be known as a great father, a great husband, a great son. But what do you want to be known about when Dan Henderson or Randy Couture talks about Chuck Liddell? What do you think they say, or what would you want them to say based on how you treated them or how you treated the sport or how you treated your career uh, and your respect level for, level for others? I, I mean, I, I, I think I get that from, from most people. I, mean, I, I showed everybody respect. I, I show you the respect you deserve. And, and I give you respect until you show me you don't deserve it. So um, as long as long as you uh, carry yourself as, as a good human being, I, I give you respect. So um, and and and, I, and and anybody you know that's willing to get in the cage with me or get out there and fight, you know, they're, they're tough guys. So no regrets, Chuck Liddell, on this career. This career is one of I started by saying one of the most influential and important careers in where MMA and the UFC is today. Any regrets at all? Uh, you know, I, no, I mean, it, I, there could be a lot. Of, there's a lot of things you could think about because this have been better, but then you would have missed out on that. You would have missed out on that. I had a, it was a, man, it was a great story, it was a great, great ride, great, great time to, to be alive for me. And, uh, you know, so um, I'm happy. And now, now uh, I'm, I'm happy with my career and I was happy. I, you know, I could do it. I, you know, obviously, I would like to get it, you know, avenge a couple of those losses. I another shot at a couple of those, but you know, time passes you by eventually, you know, you got it's time to, to move on. Have you gotten approached by this bare knuckle stuff yet? I know some of your first fights were bare knuckle. Yeah. I've done those before, but no, I haven't said anything. I haven't had, had anyone ask me anything. No one's serious, I guess. Really? I would think they would want the Iceman in there with your knockout power. It seems to me like somebody would want to pay you. Uh, it is what it is. Shamrock hasn't hit you up, huh? No, I, no, he hasn't. Nope, not yet. <laughs> My last question, Chuck Liddell, is give me the three guys if you got a four-man team and it's called the ultimate bar fight and you got to pick three of your fighting compadres, guys I've heard of, because you might know some tough dudes that you that I never heard of, but who do you have on the Chuck Liddell ultimate bar fight team? It's Chuck Liddell and three people and you go and you fight four guys at a time. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> Man, I'm just going with my own team. I I got Glover Tixera. He's coming with me. I'll take Gam McGee, uh, my, my my boy. And then outside of there, I mean, I, I like Anderson. Silva. Really? Yeah, I like Anderson. Anderson Anderson's a, a beast, and uh, we'll take care of the rest. I don't. You can let him, let him knock people out. <laughs> what about Hendo? Would he be on another team? 
Oh man, I, well, Hendo, that you know, I, I, if Hendo, I'm, I, I might, might have to take Hendo. So, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking, man. That's what you start thinking about. It. You're like, oh man, I, man, I love why Hendo's. Hey, that's a guy you can't worry. You never have to worry about. Never quitting. Never. Uh, he's all going and that power. Man, he's fun to fun to. He, he, yeah, he he'd be good to have him on my team. What was your reaction if you can think back to the Bisbing Hendo fight one after all the smack talking, the the overhand H bomb, and then the Superman punch and lands it when he's laying down? Do you remember what your reaction was to that fight? Were you watching on TV? Were you there live? Do you remember? I, I was. I think I was. was I, I don't even know if I. I don't think I made that one live. I was, I was watching on TV, but yeah, it was. I I, I was excited because I. At that time, you know all, all the trash talking. I, I want, I wanted, uh, uh, I wanted Henderson to kill him. You know, I wanted him to put him to sleep. Is that the kind of guy that you would want to like? When you're watching that, do you want to fight a guy like that? Would you have loved to fight Bisbing? Uh, yeah, at that time. I mean, I know I'm know him a lot better now. I like, I like the guy. I mean, he, he, I actually like the guy, and he's a good dude. But, but yeah, I, I would want to. I mean. Uh, I, I think we almost. I think I've almost said a couple of things to him back in the day, but but you know it was like one of those things. He thought I said something disrespectful or something. I'm like, what? Man, shut up. Just be quiet. <laughs> but uh, but he, you know he, he did he did a good job. I mean he's a, he's a tough guy. Uh, he's a he's 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 another another guy just just tough tough fighter. Well, where, where does it go from here? You're sitting around waiting for a movie at pre post COVID. You're going to keep the movie career rolling. You got businesses rolling. Uh, I know you got an entrepreneurial mind. Are you, are you getting into some new businesses? Where does the Chuck Liddell legacy go from here? Well, um, I'm, I'm working on, I've almost got a podcast deal done. I'm going to start doing that for some, for, for some fun. Just get up, get out and talk a little more. Um, and then, uh, I, I got a, I got a, uh, it's 15 hours. Uh, I got a show for, um, called no chucks given we're doing we're putting together we'll start they'll come out sometime in the spring i think and we're just more of a travel kind of show but me doing stuff that i like to do going uh you know whatever whatever you know it'll just depend on you know between going to i mean i think originally we we're going to do some stuff like a, a lot of sporting stuff but now we're talking about doing some, a lot of our outdoor stuff i like doing do, doing some different uh doing some hunting stuff some shooting stuff uh, well, when are we going to film an episode, man? I've been inviting you to camp. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, we'll do, yeah, we'll do it. We, we'll uh, we'll talk about it because uh, um, we we're just trying to get everything lined up. We're going to do one with uh, my paint, my buddy's paintball place. Guys, go out, go out, some fun doing that. We're going to do, you know, just kind of me going to different places, having fun, and showing people around around where we're at. So. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate this. My absolute final question. I'm your waiter at a sushi restaurant tonight. You're going to be somewhere around Santa Barbara, maybe Long Beach. My favorite sushi in California is in two places. There's a place called Japanese Blossom in Chico, California, which is a little bit off the coast. And my all-time favorite is in Seal Beach. It's, I don't even remember the name of it. It's this little, real authentic Japanese joint in Seal Beach. Um what do you order if I walk up to you and say, "Hey Chuck, what can I get you? Do you are you all raw fish? Do you like the cream cheese? Do you like the fried shit? Or are you all raw?" I like uni and, and sashimi. I'm like, I'm gonna get uni for sure, but I get sashimi. Um, it's a great place. Uni is one of those things, by the way. It's it's hit or miss. So, in a really good place, great. In a and so so place, sometimes not so good. Um, by not so good, I mean doesn't taste very good. Is uni freshwater eel? 
Uh, no. So uh, was it abalone or something? Or it's, uh, abalone. I think I think it's abalone. I'm not sure who that. I know they get it out of Santa Barbara. Uh, again, we got Santa Barbara, Japan, but uni is great. Like, here's the thing: I used to hate uni. It actually used to be my funny thing. I'd order friends that didn't know sushi, and I'd have them eat it because I thought it was disgusting, and because I always hated it. Like cheaper places, and I, I went to a friend invited me a place that was and asked me that like he'd say like he's a big big guy. He's there all the time. He has his own little name tag thing for the place. So I'm sitting there, and. Uh, and they're like, oh, do you want to just eat like he does and have bring out whatever the chef wants to send you? And I said, sure, let's do that. And the first thing comes out was uni. I'm like, oh, okay, but I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna eat it because I'm here. And I go to eat it. It was amazing. And I'm like, wait, wow, this is uni? Like, I don't like. So I figured out it's one of those things. It's either really good or really bad. Oh, you got to be close to the coast. It's funny though, yeah, because if it's fresh, you ask somebody if it's fresh. And I go, hey man, is it fresh? And they go, um, kind of, okay, I'm good. I don't need it. It's not mackerel, is it? <laughs> what is it? It's not mackerel, is it? No, no. It's, I'm looking it up right now. It's you. It's you and I, right? Yeah. I want to look it up. And make sure I know what the heck we're talking about. Yeah, oh, it's sea urchin. Sea urchin. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's sea urchin. Oh, you like that stuff, huh? Oh yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, if you try it, try, you can try it. Don't knock until you try it. Uh, but yeah, I, I order sashimi a lot. And, uh, you know, I'll usually get, um, uh, you know, the, I like crab, I like sashimi. Um, but yeah. Well, I want to get together with you. We'll do some hunting. I'd love to, I'd love to go have some sushi and uh, just toast with you and say what your career meant to me, man. I'm I'm serious, dude. You were the reason why <clears throat> so many people my age got into the fight game and supported the UFC the way that we did and, 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 and watched literally every fight you ever had. So congratulations on a great career, Chuck Liddell. And thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, fine. Sorry. It took so long to get the uh, hook up. Nah, man, I know how busy you are. You're a freaking ice man. Let's do it again. I want you to come back on soon. All right, man. Thanks. All right, brother. That's Chuck Liddell. That's another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Keep supporting Jack Daniels and other partners and sponsors. Tom, hit that button. This is Leith Lofton. What you going to do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole. hill on earth won't last too long. So what you going to do? When the money's all gone Tell me now